Would you feel more comfortable on an improv stage or canoeing in the backcountry? Find out which Book Interrupted member you're most like by visiting www.bookinterrupted.com forward slash members. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. Reading it this time, I was like, cheese and rice. This is intense. (laughs) She was on the movie set and the director kept Mm. telling her to tuck someone in. So there's a happy ending, right? And she was like, "Mm." I don't feel like this book was that bad. Is that our brain has been imprinted with this implicit bias and that for the rest of our lives, we will have to fight that no worries right like that's what we're all here for if you guys become terrified of birds after reading my book like i apologize (laughs) but you know i had the best intentions Disrupted. Mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is the goal. And we're gonna talk it out. On Book Interrupted. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycles from January 3rd to February 13th. It's Leah's book pick, Ever Reading What Happened to You by Dr. Bruce D. Perry and Oprah Winfrey. Our earliest experiences shape our lives far down the road, and What Happened to You provides powerful scientific and emotional insights into the behavioral patterns so many of us struggle to understand. This book is going to change the way you see your life. All right, so it's personal journal time. Let's see what the members of Book Interrupted thought outside the group. Hi, this is my... Personal journal, number two for what happened to you. So, what to say, what to say. I had a lot of things along the way that I bookmarked, but I don't know. I'm feeling a little bit like, hmm, I've read the book before. I'm reading it a second time. This was my book choice. I bookmarked some things along the way because I felt like I'd want, I could reflect on them and share And now that I'm here doing this personal journal, I don't want to. I don't know why. It's just I feel a little locked up. Not that my experiences have been similar to some of the experiences shared in the book, but it does kind of... (sighs) It really, like, trudges up things. It's a really intense book. I don't know. It's funny how you remember a book and you're like, hey, I want to revisit that book, and then... Sometimes you remember it differently, maybe depending on where you are, what's going on with you. So I guess I'm feeling a little, I don't know, exposed or raw or rough. And I just don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard read. It's a, it's a really interesting read. And I love the perspective of what happened to you as opposed to what's wrong with you. But it just really makes me think about like, what I would do differently and um, the the science approach to it is so useful and yet so you know hindsight is twenty twenty and you we're all just doing the best we can we're all just 
stumbling forward. But yeah, it feels a little bit, it's hard. That book's hard for me today. I'm just, I don't know. I think I'm a little worn out. So uh, it's beautiful. I love the conversational style that I think a lot of the girls in the group don't love. And I love the conversational style of Oprah and Dr. Perry going back and forth because it makes it really accessible. She's asking all the questions that I don't or and alliterating on all the points that are hard for me to hammer out. And the stories that Dr. Perry shares are just heartbreaking. And there's a lot of tears, <laughs> a lot of tears in this one. The experience reminds me a lot of different but similar from an emotional point of reading From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle. Gosh, like you're just like so in it emotionally. And when you read about children and just the raw hands they get dealt sometimes, it's so such a hard read, but so important to hear and understand and see the other side of, you know, people with these issues, these societal things that maybe you know, addiction, homelessness, their experience abuse, or they allow abuse in their life, or they commit abuse to others in any number of ways that we're all just trying to escape this old brain of ours, that old noodle, and it's coming out all wrong all the time. It's just such a hard, sad lesson and such a, such a learning experience, this book. Ah, yeah, like, you know, you don't want to reach too deep into your own past because I think that there's a certain amount of anchoring that is good to, you know, cut the line and move forward. And then there's a certain amount of, oof, what is still anchoring me there? And how do I process that and those things? And as an adult, a lot of the things that I uh, encounter today and my reactivity to things is because I'm reacting out of this scared little Leah place that isn't that still feels not safe I guess for lots of reasons thank god none of them had to do with the abuse or my childhood parenting or my family structure but you know just the way you you're made and um the experiences you had to go through that didn't seem like you were enduring but clearly you were something you were I don't know. I wish I had the right language. That's kind of the problem with all this whole book club thing is like, I just don't have the right language. I feel like I need to take a, an English class just to articulate correctly. So I don't know. I'm always really perpetually bummed out by my personal journals and uh, my inability to talk about my point and land the fucking airplane. But uh, I like the book. It's a hard read. I hope it's not too torturous for the rest of the group and whoever else is reading it. I hope it does some great learning and it's not too hard on you either. Bye. Okay. Here we go. It's for you. It's my PJ number two. I now would like to adjust, well, not even adjust, I guess, update, report on how it's going. I've read a little over a hundred pages in Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Bruce Perry's book, What Happened to You. And I am, how can we put this? Let's say, first of all, I am very engaged in the content. The content is very engaging. <laughs> but the, what should we call it? The format 
this conversational delivery is crazy making. Maybe that's not appropriate. It is contrived, I guess, is what really bothers me. I do not like information delivered in a way that is contrived is the best word for it. So Dr. Perry will be like, trauma does this and trauma does that and blah, 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 blah. blah. And then Oprah will go, you said this. Could you tell me a little more about that? And I just don't like those techniques for driving the quote unquote story. I just, it really, I don't know, it makes me feel talked down to or something. I'm not sure, but it makes me not want to read the book, which is crazy because other than that, the conversational way, it's a fake conversation, I guess, is my problem. It's, you can hear like the intention of the question that Oprah's asking, like it's being driven. So it's not a natural conversation, I guess. And um, I had this book when I was in school that was done in the same way. It was worse though. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe not. It was set up like there were characters, right? So they had like little graphics and I think one was a big Q and one was a big A. And the way that it worked was the beginning of the chapter would begin with like some content, right? And it would not be delivered by Q or A. It would be maybe a narrator or whatever. Like you would just read the content and then these Q and A people or characters would interact have a conversation about the content afterwards and it was just like your hpa access you know gets developed when you're really young and so the amount of stress that you are exposed to and the amount of support that you have when that stress is going on and whether it's chronic or like whatever right and blah 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 and then the q character who was the at least came off as the dumb one would be like but wait I don't understand like I have to think I can't think of a good example there would be like a word like a homonym and they'd be like but he said this does he mean this and then the answer one would be like "Ah, silly cue no in psychology this term actually means this and I just I wish I had a better answer than a bunch of blanks to fill in I'm hoping that I'm getting the message across regardless of my inability to come up with tangible examples of it anyways I just dislike it because I feel like it insults the reader and who knows maybe it's my own personal problem I don't like material being delivered to me in that way I mean maybe if you were a child? I don't know. It's probably my own personal issue, but I I don't, I wish I could just read it for what it is instead of having this like song and dance attached to it where it's like driven through an inauthentic conversation. So that's it. I don't know what to say now. Like I was excited to read it and I started reading it and then it went on and on. Like Oprah's, it's even divided up by color. So it's not as bad as my psych text, which was a cartoon Q&A who, you know, talk to each other. But this is divided by color. So Oprah's blue and Dr. Perry's is, is black and like they're ink. And so you know who's speaking. Like I don't even need that. Although I do, I will say something positive about that. The art attached to this book is just like watercolory and stuff. And so it is in the shades of blue that Oprah's text is in. And so I do like the continuity of the design theme anyways, but I dislike the delivery of the material. That is all. Okay, Kara here to talk a little bit more about what happened to you by uh, Dr. Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey. 
I don't really want to give another personal journal insight, not because the book isn't good. Like it is great. I really, really, really uh, am enjoying this book. It's just a hard book to talk about because it covers really triggering topics like trauma. That's what it covers. It covers trauma and the spectrum of what we can consider traumatic. So is it a fun read? No. Is it deeply insightful? Does it have a whole heck of a lot of knowledge and wisdom as well as like even like quantitative research? Absolutely. Yes, it's jam-packed full of that, but I don't want to get into it. I don't want to share my deep, dark secrets. I can tell you that the reading the book is impacting me. I would put it in the category of like a positive impact, but with that positive impact comes a lot of reflecting, some deeply uncomfortable moments, whether that is through like reading, um, the author includes like different case studies as well. So sometimes reading about little kiddos, I just want to go and like rescue them all. It makes me really, really angry sometimes at like the system of child services or at the foster care system. Again, very generally angry, not specifically. And I'm not trying to take away from the efforts of any individuals who act as like foster parents or who work for like child services uh, agencies. I just think sometimes because it's kind of been institutionalized, I could just see lots of improvements. And again, really easy for me to like comment and have opinions about uh, doing improvements when I'm not the one actually doing the work. But yeah, I don't like it. And yet I love the book. Probably one of the things that really stands out, one of the highlights for me is the conversational manner in which the book is delivered. I just like that style. I have a bit of an aversion to things that either are a textbook or feel too textbook-like. So I think it's a really nice blend of really factual, informative bits, but through a conversation that kind of just like lures you in and I found enabled me to be able to allow the information to come in, for it to sink in, penetrate, for me to be able to percolate on ideas, digest the material. That works really, really, really well. I'm also, I mean, I'm not, part of me isn't surprised that I enjoy the book because I could talk about trauma all day long. I just, I really love that topic. Uh, I think probably because I hold the belief that we are not one thing, that we actually construct our personality. And oftentimes we construct our personality because of adverse experiences. And I also believe that we are the sum of our experiences. So part of me absolutely loves the book because it is all of that. The other part of me is very surprised because I'm not typically Oprah book club, like sort of fan, get on the bandwagon. I just, because of like my rebellious nature, usually if someone is all like, oh my God, and you got to read this and like Oprah Winfrey endorses it, I'll tend to swing the opposite way just because I'm like, I don't need someone telling me what's good and not good, but wow, it's good. It's good folks, but I would uh, encourage you all just to take a little bit of a warning that it could be quite triggering in nature for you when you read it.
So, I kind of was putting off doing this PJ to be quite honest. And I went kind of back and forth what I might say. And the truth is, this book is very difficult for me to read. So, I experienced big T trauma as a child. So reading a whole book about how kids who experience big T trauma as children, brains change and all the different traumas is actually very challenging for me. So I don't want to get too much into it to be quite honest because Book Interrupted is supposed to be a fun book club <laughs> and I don't want to share with the world my big T trauma. I have done a lot of therapy and you know support groups and blah 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 and I think I'm in a good place but reading books like this kind of is a little bit triggering and I feel like I want to cry and I thought I toyed back and forth about even what I'd say in this personal journal so I'm just leaving it at that I have a hard time reading this book because of my own personal trauma and I don't want to elaborate so I'm leaving it there I started reading this book uh, maybe a couple months ago, a month ago, and I read half of the book, and then it got busy at work. Uh, I work at the restaurant, and I'm trying to read this during the holidays, and of course, there's Christmas parties, and everybody's busy and wanting to have some drinks and be out, and so I, I'm just really tired and don't have a lot of time, and I've talked uh, a bit about this before, about how I think that books mean different things and to you during different times of your life and uh, when you are you know feeling energetic and something might uh, connect with you or if you're you know tired it might connect with you or you might need a book at different times and so I'm reading this book that what happened to you and I just put it down I just couldn't read about childhood drama and I think I built I forgot what the book was about a little bit and I you know I thought maybe I'll just give up and stop reading it but then I was talking to the gals from Book Interrupted and they're all super into this book so I thought okay I'll pick it back up I'll, I'll give it another go for a bit and I only read about eight pages I'm in the connecting the dots I think section and I just read the bit about how Dr. Perry was saying that most people, including many doctors, make a biological versus psychological distinction when they think about health. And I thought that's so interesting how much our biological health is affected by our um, psychological health. And I think about that too, about me and being stressed um, and how that affects everything about me and my sleep and, you know, about what I'm eating. And it's just this whole uh, kind of uh, ripple effect Anyways, and then I, as I'm reading this, I remember how much Dr. Perry is so good about explaining things with that scientific lens, but also telling stories and also kind of breaking it down so you understand it. And so, yeah, now I'm more enthused about reading the second half of the book. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not sure this is my, you know, I'm so excited to read this, but I, th I think it's a really good read and a really important read. To help me understand maybe things that happened in my own life and things that happened in other people's lives that have experienced trauma how that affects them so I'm looking forward to reading the bit I think the next section is going from coping to healing and so that should be really great and Kim kind of gave a teaser before we were chatting about how the end there's something really 
important and something she really needs to talk about at the end of the book. So I'm going to get through it and I'm going to read that. We'll see you in our final book report in a little bit. Hopefully I finish. I'm about halfway through the book, What Happened to You? And it's interesting and uh, a little bit boring too. I don't think the conversational style is for me. I had another book once that was conversational style and I, I didn't really like it. You know, if I want storytelling, I'm more likely to go to a fiction book than a nonfiction book. When it's nonfiction, I just kind of want it to get into it, like down to brass tacks, tell me the facts. And I don't need as many examples and stories. And I know that a lot of people do. A lot of people really, they love the storytelling because it helps the ideas stick and that's how they remember it. But for me, it's just a little bit long-winded because of that. You know, maybe I'm just not the audience for this book. There's some interesting stuff in it though. Like he was talking about, said something about deja vu and how that sense of deja vu could just be that you've noticed some kind of association that could be a sight or a smell that you don't really recognize. And it's, it's attached to some kind of memory and you're not really sure. So it makes me think next time I have deja vu, maybe I'll stop and kind of scan the area and really think about all of my senses. Like, what do I see and feel and hear and smell? You know, do one of those mindfulness exercises in the moment and try to pinpoint where that memory is coming from. That seems kind of interesting for me. I like that. I kind of don't like some parts focus too much on, you know, the nuclear family for security. And I get that a lot of people in North America have that kind of family, but some don't. And so there's a part that talked about divorce, how for children they see the family as a single unit. And then when one person leaves, they're losing a part of themselves and that can be very traumatic. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a child of divorce that I didn't like that part. But you know, some people, aren't just like two parents and the kids they have like a, there's a lot of different types of families out there and sometimes it's a good thing when one of the parents leaves and you know some single parents are just killing it right they're, they've made like a, a really nice safe environment where a child can thrive and they're not traumatized by just having a single parent or whatever. So maybe I'm being overly sensitive about that part. So there might be some parts there that other readers might be a little overly sensitive about, but overall, I think it's pretty good. I mean, it's talking about trauma, right? And, and everybody's lives are unique and their trauma is going to reflect that as well. Things that one person finds traumatic, another person might not at all. So anyway, I was a little worried about getting through this book and, uh, Again, I'm about halfway through, so I think I'll finish it. And uh, I think there'll be some interesting conversations. It's got a lot of stuff in it. I don't know what the group's going to end up talking about in the end, because it does talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I don't know if I've learned anything new in particular, but it's nice seeing a lot of stuff I've learned in the past kind of all in one spot. That's pretty good. That's about it. Um, I didn't take too many notes yet. But again, I think it's probably because like this storytelling style of the book. We'll see what I think when I'm all done. I haven't gotten to the part where they're talking about healing. So far, it's just all like trauma. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about the healing part, which I am looking forward to because I don't know, I've got trauma in my life. So I work hard on trying to make that not interfere with the people I love and try to learn to grow and be in charge of myself and the master of my emotions and my triggers and stuff like that. So maybe there'll be some tips that I can use.
This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members in Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. My interruption is four visitors showing up at 2 a.m. The visitors, a mama bear and three little bear cubs. They're going around the neighborhood knocking over garbage cans and normally I keep ours in the garage and this time I forgot. Luckily, we didn't have anything of interest in our garbage can. However, they had found a garbage from one of the neighbors and was eating it on our front lawn. And we didn't realize it was from the neighbors until we started cleaning it up and it was not like our garbage, I guess. <laughs> cleaning up someone else's garbage is grosser for some reason. Anyway, they didn't want to go away. And luckily I had like an outdoor broom right outside the door. And so I was banging it on, banging it on the sidewalk and waving it over my head like a cartoon character. And uh, I guess cartoons might be based on real life because the mama bear and her three cubs eventually moseyed on down the road. Book interrupted. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. I think I keep coming back to with what happened to you is where she was on the movie set and the director kept mm. telling her to tuck someone in. And I don't know what, I've just been thinking about it over and over this week. And I think what it just points out is you don't know what you don't know. And this is where having a deficit in social relations. And if you're in moments of your life with more isolation, that it can be hard, that I just started to wonder more and more. And the authors make a good argument for not only regulating, but then relating with others is how important. I think that scene really just pointed out to me how important it is that we do have, it doesn't need to be a big group of people, but how important it is to have really nice social relationships with like depth and intimacy. Yeah. I just, I really loved that part of the book. That one was Bye. very impactful too. That story was impactful. You're like, when she, oh. yeah. When she's like, I don't know what that is. I know. She's like, I don't know what you're saying. Right? Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Okay. Good luck, guys. I will check care. And- feel better. Thank if you, you feel up to it, come back on for a little bit and say something. Yeah. I just want to be near the washroom is how <laughs> I will phrase it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, bye, buddy. Feel bye. better. Thank you. Bye. Oh, poor Care Bear. All right, Sarah, do you want to, who starts? It's this? Leah as well. Um, okay. I feel really bad about choosing this book. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first time I read this book, I said this in my book report, I read it this summer and I found Maybe because I was co-reading it with From the Ashes, maybe it didn't feel so bad (laughs) because it was like I was already reading the saddest story (laughs) that it was like, this one's like, meh. (laughs) She turned out all right. (laughs) So um, I think that's part of it. Or maybe it was the summertime and I was in a lighter place and I was, you know, in a better mental state. I don't know even where I can't remember, but reading it this time, I was like, cheese and rice. This is intense. (laughs) Like it was just like harder this time. It just like hurt more. And it hurt to listen to, because Dr. Perry works with 
children, I think it almost exclusively, it was just harder to hear these poor little babies and how rough it is for some of them. And then because I had recommended the book to the group, I felt extra like, damn, this is like, because you can't help but think about your own makeup and why you do the things you do and your own reactivity or weird habits or OCD, whatever it is that your special little packages. And then it just makes you think of like, fuck, why do I do that? And sometimes ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and sometimes you don't want to think about those things. And for good reason, as it turns out, scientifically, your brain is protecting you. So <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that. I feel I bad. Think, uh, I think the thing too is when you read a book like this, if you have like coping mechanisms naturally that occur mm-hmm. naturally because you're, that's what we do as humans, right? As we try mm-hmm. to adapt. Sometimes you don't realize that it's affecting you until you're like, why am I being triggered by this other thing that doesn't normally get to me? And you're like, oh, there's all this background stress going on that like my brain's thinking about these things or whatever. Yeah, books like this are a little intense. <laughs> but it's yeah. okay Leah you picked a book that you thought would be good so no worries right like that's what we're all here for if you guys become terrified of birds after reading my book like I apologize <laughs> but like, yeah. you know I had the best intentions making it, so. terrified you know it was all best intentions I guess yeah I didn't finish the book sorry but um I did get really close I did start skimming because I was like oh and so I only got, I got like almost I think the almost. last chapter but um, oh, the last chapter gets it's like the saddest like wrap up. Okay, great. Well, oh, I'm not. That's where I don't I know. Cried the most. Okay, well, I will wait <laughs> yeah. for a minute. But I did yeah. actually dog ear some of the pages because I found it really interesting. This book, how much it linked to some of the books that we read in the first season, especially white fragility. There was a whole section on racism, which I thought, and now I am talking, and I need to find the quotes that I found oh, interesting. No. But I can do that in a minute. It's like another layer on that idea of racism and how, hold on, you guys talk amongst yourself and I will find the quote because now I- um, We could talk about the the special packages or whatever Leah was bringing up. I had another not being able to make a funny joke about balls moment when Leah Leah was like, our our special packages. Our special packages. (laughs) Okay, so this Um, is, I found it. Sorry, yes. Oprah's asking questions and then Dr. Perry says about how- Children, when you're younger, like the implicit bias of when you're younger, if you don't come across somebody who looks different and you only see, so say white children are seeing only black people portrayed on media as being violent criminals or whatever, then Mm -hmm. as a child, you're always going to have like that imprints in your brain. So as you get older, every time that you meet a black person, you will go to that and then you will be like oh no actually I, ha- I that's not true but because it's been imprinted in your brain and so it but he's talking about also like a role of an interaction between an inexperienced white cop and a confrontation with a black teenager late at night say that child the only relationship they've ever had with a white person was when they pulled over their father and they were threatening and all of this stuff then that child also thinks you know goes to white cops are going to be scary people all the time and so mm. what we're exposed to as children we then that's where our implicit bias comes from is what he's saying is that our brain has been imprinted with this implicit bias and that for the rest of our lives we will have to fight that anything that we've learned as children 
something like yeah. that. So that makes By sense. replacing what... it with new experiences. So you can yes. try to shift that bias. And if you never, which is why representation is so important. If you only see a certain portrayal, a certain stereotype, then you're never going to be able to replace that, especially since we're all bombarded by, you know, screens all the time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It made me also think of, well, it just reiterated on the race topic and in actually all topics because I have a young child, like, God, I got to get after it. <laughs> like, not just like, I got to like get out there and like expose Max to more stuff, which I mean, that's just as a parent, you kind of want to expose your kid to lots of learning opportunities. But like, it really made me reflect on like the stuff you can't take back as a parent too. It made me like anxious. I had really bad postpartum and I was like, fuck, I really fucked her. <laughs> I really fucked her already. Like, how did I fucking manage this already? I was like, the science of it. And I know she is, of course, fine and will be fine and all that good stuff. But those really early stuff of being not at my best anyways, not being as present as I could have been in those first few two months of her life where I just did not stop crying. And I was felt like an out-of-body experience. I was so awfully sick the i can't hit undo button kind of thing you can't but i mean it also says in the it's book really that like just because one person in your life is like that doesn't mean that she also totally. had other strong people in her life who were supportive and all of these things so yeah i you know it's i don't think it's saying from what i understand that you're gonna be she's gonna be fucked forever no forever. i know but you know you kind of i i like a good blaming of myself yeah <laughs> i remember too remember b basically had her in the carrier at all times like he i had... know the midwife yeah. told us how you're supposed to do skin to skin contact once the baby comes it's good for the baby of course but the other thing it helps bring your milk in B kind of took that lesson and took out the mother and milk part and just went <laughs> straight to, as soon as that baby came out of my body, he took his shirt off. <laughs> and oh, I'm I sure the that. nurses were just like, what the? He was just like having a naked party <laughs> upstairs. A half naked party the whole time. And like the nurse had to, I think like the next day, cause it was kind of late or something was like, no, you actually have to let the mother hold the baby. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. He was so, he was like all ashamed of himself. He was like, oh. No, he did the thing. When so Elsa was born, I didn't touch her for the first three hours oh. because they had not enough nurses in maternity. And so they put me to recover because I did, they gave me a C-section, put me to recover in a different place. And then it was shift change. And I'm sitting there wanting to see the baby and Dan did yeah. skin to skin the whole time. Yeah. Cause she was just like so hungry and like licking him. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm covered in supper. You need to take this baby down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like that affected some of the things that she liked. Like chest hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, she's, maybe. She's, my, she's my daddy's girl. So yeah, I love she's that. Nice. So that like early year stuff. Oh, it just brought up a lot of, am I doing the, best brain job for my kid. A lot of these le learning things are just fucking so much work, guys. I'm so glad that we <laughs> deviated from the self-help for season two, even though I apparently missed that memo because <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a year of a lot of learning from these books. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I'm all set for learning. <laughs> yeah. I did think this book was a little bit, you know, I'm sure that he, there's a lot of facts and I like it and all mm -hmm. the interesting information it was kind of depressing in a, I don't think that you're going to, 
fuck up your kid if that happens like I think that you know it kind of was like some of them they're like oh well too bad that person's never going to come back from it like there was a couple of children and I was like yeah that, like that what they're screwed now because they didn't get attention for the first couple of years of their life yeah I th- I mean maybe it's true but I think that's such a no it's a little bleak know. yeah it's a very it was it felt a little bleak, bleak. I was looking for the, I was looking for the hope, right? Like when I was reading the book, I'm looking for the hope. Yeah. And like he touched on hope very briefly. Oh yeah. But there's still hope, but there was not a lot dedicated to like the hope. It was like an afterthought. It was like a side and a side being like, but maybe there's hope. There was no balance there. No. But like I was kept on looking for the hope in the book as we went along. And I was like, maybe this chapter, maybe this chapter. And even if they're named things like recovery or something or whatever it was. Even the ending I don't know if all of you finished. The, I did. Uh, like if anyone else finished book, but the ending, it was like super sad, right? Like no hope. But I was thinking about this, like this is kind of, uh, and I don't watch a lot of Oprah, but I've seen a little bit. Like, I mean, Oprah is like so big, right? But I think that might be a bit of her brand a little bit where she really gets deep into those difficult feelings when she's doing these interviews, really digs into the difficult part, but not necessarily now let's resolve it. Like oh, she's more of the digging into the deep, extreme emotions, but I don't think that really that's her brand to like say, oh. and now this, just another person's brand, I think, you know? Like, okay. Yeah. I don't actually I know, don't know either. Just the, I haven't seen a lot, but the ones I have seen, you think it's going to be, oh, and now everything's fine, but I don't have, think that's there's no, kind of her. Yeah. It's not like it she hasn't been deep. fully Americanized. Yeah. She's digging deep, <laughs> yeah. but then that's. Okay, yeah, I didn't finish hanging. the book. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish the book. And eventually I texted Meredith. I was like, so there's a happy ending, right? And she was like, mm. I was no. like, if not, I have to bail. And she's like, there's not. You should bail. There's a sad bail. ending. Like, bail. Yeah. Bail. So I only got halfway. I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. For my own mental health. Yeah, yeah it was. It felt really shaky for me. I, uh, like I just, think ooh. that this book is probably better for people who don't have past trauma to understand other people in their life who have past trauma to be like uh-huh. oh all these things can affect you for whatever but and then i don't have the kinds book. of trauma they touch on in this book but i felt like when i read it this time my emotional boundaries are a little wobbly lately like i'm more spongy or receptive to emotions of others right now Whereas when I read it the first time, I think we were still in a lockdown. So I wasn't seeing many people or thinking about others all that much. So it felt very, this time, that's what I kept thinking about is like, oh, my girlfriend who has a relatable story or a child, one of my, my niece's friends who has a, a friend who's in foster care. Like I kept doing that and it was so challenging because it was too, too spongy. Oh, Sarah, it's just the bronchitis, right? <laughs> You got something in your eye? <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. This is a, yeah, this is a hard book for It was a hard book. Us. I felt like a real fucking asshole. Okay, can I change the subject to less hard? Do you want well, to take a minute first? I, yeah, do, do you want to walk away for I'm just going to take a second and come back. Okay, well, don't worry. Kim, why don't you talk about your, what? Well, I feel like an asshole because I don't feel like this book was that bad. I'm trying to examine why, right? But I think that- there's a couple different things about it. So my curiosity has always been in understanding this kind of thing too, specifically. So I feel Mm -hmm. like there could be some desensitization because this isn't the first time I've read about this topic and Mm -hmm. these ideas. That makes sense to me. I also think that I am 
potentially good at dissociating and or compartmentalizing. So if I'm like putting on my research hat, like my scientist hat, then I can read all about everybody else's pain and like keep it away from my pain. And sometimes successfully and sometimes not. Sometimes it does hit me, but this book didn't. I think maybe also the fact that I was irritated that it was delivered in this contrived conversation kept me not sensitive enough. You know what I mean? Because I was like, fuck, these guys are pulling me along, telling me everything they want me to know in this fake conversation or something. I didn't like so, the conversation either. That is not I, my favorite style. Of yeah, writing. I really didn't like that style. But as far as like like happy endings and like the information in this particular book, I feel like it's like a starter book for someone to understand how trauma can have an impact. I don't think it was like a finisher book to say how people can experience success after experiencing trauma in their lives. And I think that to say, you know, to Leah's point, these things happened at this age group. So now my kid's fucked is too simple, right? Like it's extremely complex. And this is almost an attempt to simplify it. I think so that like the greater public can have a, a solid comprehension of it. And I think the stories are extreme stories. And I think that trauma is like on a spectrum so, and people sometimes say little T trauma, big T trauma, or however they describe. I mean, there's obviously some incredibly traumatic experiences that people have had, and those things have an impact. But there's also, like, it's not that simple either, right? Because you can have this person who had this happen, and they become a serial killer. And then you have this person who had the exact same thing happen, and they become a hunter of serial killers <laughs> you know what i mean like the two like been watching the dexter reboot <laughs> right but like like it either like propels you into amazingness or propels you right into the re repetition of the cycle right and i think what this book doesn't spend a lot of time on which is probably what freaks everybody out too because it's not there so this and this is where the hope is is in something called resilience factors, right? So like Mare didn't have her baby for three hours, but that baby was attached to another human skin. So that evens out. The same thing with, with Leah. Leah had a tough, tough time. She had a super on top of it partner, right? So, and again, it's all on a spectrum. It's not always like this evenness. I think because this book had an intention to inform like the general population in a way that the general population can understand. So some average kind of simplified version of how trauma kind of presents, it did sacrifice a lot of nuances. And sometimes we've called it the hope and all these other things. So I didn't really like this book. It was, I thought it was okay for like intro to like brain structure and how not even, I don't even know. But it, I also thought the chapters were way too long. There was like four chapters in the book. It was so long. It was, and for <laughs> someone who likes to like complete a chapter to like consume, right? Like it was so hard. That made me mad too. I was like, when is this conversation going to end? Stop asking <laughs> questions, Oprah. Like, <laughs> Get it together. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand why this book would be upsetting to whoever it upsets for sure. I feel like some weird... I don't know, robot or maybe feeling denier because I didn't, 
it, it wasn't that hard for me to read. But then I'm repeating myself for all of the reasons I already stated, previous exposure, a lot of deeper dives into this topic and stuff, maybe. But the nuance, like you're saying, the nuance, like you yeah. know that some people are more sensitive than others. And yeah, the fact that you know the nuance. Just biologically. You know about yeah. And yeah. what can be done and what can help and stuff. It's when like a study looks at, or when we look at risk factors for anything, like when they say like your risk factor for diabetes or whatever, if you eat this and you're going to get diabetes, but it, that's just an average. That's not everybody. And this book makes it look like if this happens, yes, this happens. And it's not that. It's like risk yeah, factors it's like the does not mean thing. it's going to right. happen. Yeah, the right. A score thing that they touched on. It's like, it's not nuanced enough. And it was only tested on like, I don't know. Right, like, white like people, maybe 50 year old white highly, guys or something. I don't know. Right, and maybe that's the highly uh, sensitive people that this is happening to. It's like, there's this yeah. chat that really bothered me. And they it had some quote from uh, from somebody saying like, uh, families get divorced. It's like a part of that child's being ripped apart, from, uh, ripped away from them or whatever. It was something like that. Like, like a well, death. It talked about it like it was like, it's like a death. Yeah. It's centering on like the nuclear family, right? It's just saying, it's yeah. just looking at that, you know, and for, for some, depending on how, how your life is, like that might not be the case. I'm just, it's, it's, it's very generalized. And I think that's probably what you're thinking too. Like Kim knows I like to learn about trauma and like the changes in the brain, all these things as well. Mm. And I found this one was just focusing a lot, a lot on the bad and kind of didn't really focus as much on the nuance, but I do like you're saying it's for like the general population as a starter. And I feel like yeah. it, like it focused on the science and it used really human stories. Right. And then, but it didn't bridge that space where like to comfort, you know what I mean? The people who would really empathize with the human stories, they use these human stories to like example the scientific concepts they were trying to teach. And there was no in-between where it was like, it's okay. Like they did it without empathy, I guess, really. They like introduced <laughs> yeah, these crazy stories and then they were like, and this is what happens to your brain. Yeah. The end. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no empathy. There's right. something it's missing. exactly what happened. There was, is, it was like, there, it was hopeless. It felt like a hopeless book. Which is not true. Especially. Okay. Which is yeah. so not true. It's not, it's not true. true. The idea is that you gain this baseline understanding of how what happened to you affected you so that then when you move forward, you can begin to make informed choices in your behavior based on your understanding of why I might feel a little more upset about this than what seems like everybody else does. It doesn't mean it's not okay. It doesn't mean I'm not gonna experience success. What it means is this is why I feel what I feel. And now I know how to try to proceed or I know what coping skills to use. Mm -hmm. Right, to try to be more mindful of your reactions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. know where they I, came from. I wanna uh, self-correct too. I said resilience factors and what it actually is is protective factors. Yes. Like it's not a all or nothing situation. There's a lot in the math. Like everything, like everything with humans, it's all very complicated and nuanced, right? Absolutely. Like, and we don't understand all of it yet. Yeah, the book, yeah, yeah. the book made it feel like, like this is, it. this is a science and a story. Like, it's yeah. like this is the absolute truth. That's how it was yeah. written. So then and when you, when I stepped away, yeah, yeah. yeah, so when I stepped away from the book, then started thinking about it, I'm like, no, this is his opinion. He's, giving you information about the things he knows, but right, he's not adding all the nuances. He's not, he's not personalizing it per case. Not everyone is the same, but when you're reading the book, it was like, well, any of us who had trauma as a child, we're just fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. really, that's a really, that's almost Why irresponsible. Why even try? 
right? For it to be presented in that way. If we were to simplify it, the formula is actually trauma plus protective factors equals level of fucked upness, right? And they didn't spend any time talking about protective factors. Seriously. Killer potential. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. Do you know you can also support us by wearing some of our kick-ass swag? Check it out at www.bookinterrupted.com shop. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. This would be something mm-hmm. interesting to learn if you could learn it. I just wonder if you could learn it. It's on my playlist, True Colors, so listen to it. Huh. And even the single ladies who don't have kids, I find some of that's actually some of the best advice because they're not, it's not blurry for them. It's fascinating, the idea of that link. I don't know if that has What's to do the name with of deja vu. I think it's it? called synesthesia. But I've been constantly baiting Oprah this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> she hates that. Can you imagine? Book interrupted. Never forget every child matters.